I'm ready. I just. Oh, I... by the way, Zach, throw your keys away. Oh fuck, my keys. Okay. And Drew, Drew, your laptop, throw that away too. I've already thrown out the window and doused with gasoline and fire. Good. Now that now that Drew's computer is dead. Should I should I also remove my pants? Yes, absolutely. You may keep those. Adam, no. Who's changing Adam, them? Adam, I don't want you jinx. He may remove his pants if he chooses. He is an American citizen. He can do as he goddamn pleases. What's that? What's that joke? Uh, hey, are you free this afternoon? I'm free every day. I'm an American citizen. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is joke. That is very very good joke. In no very household good is that joke true about a Zach's. good American. Excellent. That was okay. I'll, I'm not gonna do that again. All right, because... let us begin. Oh, <laughs> let us begin. I was trying to think. Can I? Can I just seamlessly seg this segue this into Kingsglaive? And the only thing I could think of was, you know, who else had a ridiculous accent? Some of the Kingsglaive. Drew, release the demons. Release Let's the start demons. this podcast. Re- release the demons. Release the demons. Zach, uh, release the demons. No. Uh, uh, shit, uh, yeah, yeah, demons released. Zach has released the demons. We, we have all released the demons. We can now begin our discussion on the beautiful, the glorious, the majestic cinematic masterpiece that is a motherfucking Kingsglaive. This movie we were supposed to watch three months ago, and we finally did it. And I'm so I know, happy. we That's watched right. it. Now I can finally play entirety. Final Fantasy 15. We are all so good at, keep, at doing things immediately on time. That's why they call us the three months late group. <laughs> I mean, that's that's. Uh, I was gonna tell you that's our new email. Is the three months late group? That's us, right? Yeah. At gmail.com. I was gonna say, <laughs> can we call this episode now? That's what I call releasing the demons. Yes, I think that's the right <laughs> choice. God I think that's it. the right choice. Absolutely. Good. Yeah. Good. I I do have to say, like, there. God, that fucking intro with the fucking. I'll let you say it, Adam. But let's give some context for our dear audience members. So, so as Drew said, we had. Uh, I think partially for my never shutting up about FF15 and everybody's general wonderment on this. Uh, a couple days ago, we sat down and watched Final Fantasy 15. It was a treat. It was a real adventure. And we all had amazing fun. And we thought, hey, let's do a mini where we talk about our thoughts and feelings on this wonderful piece of cinema. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go look up, by the way, I'm going to go look up a scene-by-scene breakdown of Final Fantasy 15 because it's been a week. I think all you'll find are AMVs, but go ahead. You'll find this, all the this. good parts like cut together with some really like aggressive, you know, rock and roll. Um, you know, maybe some Linkin Park. You know, <laughs> R.I.P. Like you'll find stuff. You'll find stuff. It just won't summarize so, the movie. So, seeing as this is our first mini where we're going to actually review a movie, I kind of want to make sure we have our our format set up. Uh, so, I, we've all seen the movie, so I think we're going to talk about spoilers for the movie. Uh, we are not... Because Drew and Zach have not played the game, I will make doubly sure I'm not going to spoil anything for the game. So, if you haven't played FF15, there's no spoilers there. This is strictly just the movie. But if you're Although, like, no, I want no spoilers on Kingsglaive either, turn back now! This, this is not the place yeah. if you plan on going is, in like, completely dry. Though, to be fair, you're so, not really supposed to for this movie. Like, my entire impression was this was something you're supposed to have, like, done your research on before you even know it exists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just to ba- break us up, I, I think for us, what I'd like to do for this is, uh, and I'd see if you guys agree, we take part of it to just talk about Kingsglaive as a movie, and then maybe a bit more how it integrates in with the, the game itself. Does that sound right? Or Okay. Um, sure. 
Can we nice. please can we please get on to talking about that intro scene because I really need to release the demons. Well, before we release the demons, uh, let's just establish because we're we're all at different points in our Final Fantasy um, evolution. Um, Adam has c- played and completed Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, cheers to him. Zach has played some of it. Uh, I have I have played just enough Final Fantasy fifteen. Sorry, um, I have played just enough Final Fantasy fifteen that. I I am like uh just enough that like the movie was kind of spoilery but not <laughs> enough that like like I barely played anything of it. <laughs> you could tell there were things you weren't supposed mm-hmm. to know. Uh, I was going in fresh. I I I have played no Final Fantasy 15 and as a result this was uh, a very straightforward and easy to follow collection of ideas and thoughts and colors on a screen. At no point in time did we have to pause the movie and have me, with my breadth of knowledge of this game, stop and go, okay, are you guys confused? I, Let's roll this back a second and I'll explain. If I remember, yeah. we had two we had two breaks that lasted at least ten minutes each. Just you being yeah, like, no, we, just we so had, you know, like, this is what's happening. I, I did love that. This is the, like, we, like Adam would pause, we're just like, so what the fuck is going on? What is it? And then mean, Adam, Adam? Would be like, "Yo, here, let me explain all this to you." Me and Drew turn around, and be like, "Oh, that's what's going on. Oh, it all makes so much more sense now." Then they turn and go, "But why did they present it this way?" <laughs> so, but as as Zach saying, uh, we'll we'll step right in. So, Final Fantasy Fifteen Kingsglaive is a prequel movie to. Final Fantasy Fifteen, the game, but not really a prequel, no, kind of. It, okay, so the movie seems to happen in like the first ten, within the first three or four in-game days in the game. Yeah, I don't know why I, I said game twice, but but like it it's, it happens super super early. Um, so when you when you're playing the game, uh, you know you're playing as Noctis and the group, and you kind of do the first bit of story section, and a event happens. Kingsglaive takes place kind of parallel to this, and then also at the same time uh, slipping into this little segment after the main story element. So, but I think it's predominantly a prequel, um, and it's, I think intended goal is more to explain uh, the Niflheim and Insomnia war that has been going on, that, uh, yeah, you, can, you know, how, how it came to be and whatnot. Yeah, admittedly, there, there's... There's been a lot of, like... I feel like a lot of the movie is great setup for, like, making sure you know what is going on. Because, for I mean, what little I played of Final Fantasy XV, it seems like you're, like, mostly in the dark as to the hows and whys of whatever the fuck is going on. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, one of the things I remember saying about FF15 is that occasionally it doesn't really, like... And, in fact, we did a whole episode on this, uh, which is kind of what prompted us to want to... Uh, uh, may just prompt this one to watch this movie. So it it does help. I, I guess to give a quick over, it does help fill in some of those points um, there. But it is kind of confusing of exactly when does this thing take place. So yeah. the movie starts with a quick little background of hey, here's these two warring kingdoms. Some shit's going down, and all of a sudden we jump right into the most bizarre intro scene. Oh right. Holy crap! Can I just explain just how? Go weird for it, this Zach. Is? Like, you were losing your mind for a bit at that intro. I was scene. like, "What the fuck is going on?" Because like, 
it just cuts to a battle scene. And like, like it, it goes exposition and then hard cut battle scene. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And it just like, it kept bouncing between a bunch of random soldiers who were fighting. And then the King's Claim soldiers, as Adam had to explain to me as the scene was transitioning. Um, and so... Yeah, because I don't think in that point, up to that point in the movie, you're, you're, in, you're starting to get introduced to all the Kingsglaive. They actually haven't said who these people are. Yeah, they, oh. they haven't. Like, I, I think that was the, like the King one mentions, of our initial breaks, was you just saying, okay, those guys, they're the Kingsglaive guys. You gotta go. Gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it. like... I'm pretty sure you just said like, it. Um, yeah, it was like, anyway, so, so like, weird. I, I like... We're bouncing between, like... This one caster lady, this kind of larger fighter guy, this like smaller fighter guy. It really doesn't help that they all have the teleport that they all have teleporting knives. <laughs> and no, so they're like bouncing it's around really, every which way. And like, it's really not helped by the fact that when they use these teleporting knives, uh, it's a really cool, like almost glass like particle effect that explodes off them. The problem is you can't tell who's flying around sometimes. Yeah, so they're like flying around and I don't know what the fuck is going on. All I see is just knives digging themselves into things and then they teleport to them. And and then, uh, I don't know why. Like, I've taken to this scene, but I feel like Adam has taken to it more. So they're like, it seems like they're kind of winning the battle. And then it cuts to the Empire. And Adam, I'll let you take that one. <laughs> so it cuts to this, the Empire... And you see the Empire's general sitting there, and he very, very nonchalantly, just looking over this horrific battlefield, just says, Release the demons. Release the demons. <laughs> release the demons. Release the demons. Release the demons. The demons. It is oh, happened. man. So, and this this causes a huge uh, demon thing. What do they call I, it? I think... Uh-huh. Did they? What did they call it? They had a name for it, right? It was like the star something because it looked like a fucking starfish. Oh, I don't remember. It looked like this thing looks like diamond weapon out of uh, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, like, is what, that's I, what you guys told me that it's diamond weapon, and I was like, all right. Yeah. So this giant Magitek thing shows up and just completely lays waste to the battlefield, and, and I just couldn't get over how um, how great it was. That he said it so nonchalantly of, uh, man, I'm super bored. What time is it? This battle's boring as shit. Release the demons. I'm getting ready to go to bed. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty intense. And like the last, like, there's like two things that happen to this. Like they, so, so the King Clips start retreating. Um, there's some fun shots of sorcerers falling over. Mm. Uh, <laughs> You're talking about like pumped. the line of five and they slowly like sort of peel off until there's the one left and it's supposed to be dramatic but you don't know who they are so it's just kind of like a thing going on that entire scene was very confusing i did no one knows who the fuck these people are so why do i care they're fighting you know we didn't get a name dropped until all the fighting was done which i think was supposed to be like intriguing but really was just kind of like hey a bunch of dudes are dying on a field i guess the ones that are like better animated will probably live like that's how I guess which ones would survive yes. and which ones wouldn't. If if you had a face, if you had a recognizable face, you were surviving this intro battle. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like but then somebody gets uh, one of one of the Kingsglaive gets his legs stuck and then and so like oh uh, his, we find his name is Libert Libertus? Libertus, Libertus gets his legs. Yes. Come on. Libertus gets He's his Liberty legs stuck. Incarnate. Oh, gee. 
<laughs> what, what a fucking jobber he is. Gets his legs stuck, and our main character, uh, Nix Ulrich? Nix Ulrich, I think, says, I can't leave my fellow Kingsglaive here. I will go back and save him. And he goes back and saves him. Little did we know, apparently, this is a horrible thing. Like, he gets berated a lot for, I went back and saved this guy. And everybody calls him, uh, for almost the rest of the movie, everybody calls him hero, but they almost use it as a demeaning way. It's a really backhanded way of saying it. They, they all very demeaningly call him hero, and throughout the entire movie, we never figure out why he was called that. Well, because he saved his friend. He saved his friend. They say he's, he saves, and I think that the reasoning is is that they said, okay, this is a retreat order, everybody retreat, but then they, but he doesn't look at him. Um... But well, that's no, the no, intro I understand sequence. why the commander's angry at him. The commander gave yeah. an order, he didn't follow the order. Um and like and I, and, and I get that. But it's like they keep calling him hero in that demeaning way and I'm like, "Why? What did he do? Why is he a hero? What like yeah. what actions has he done to provoke that? Like do the population know who he is? Because apparently they don't considering the rest of the movie." Yeah. But that's pretty much the intro scene. Then then we get our big title card and like I, I, the last thing I'll say about the intro before so we can move on is the intro does this really weird thing where it keeps jump cutting like every three seconds at one point. Yes, Do you guys this, remember that? This really just added to my confusion. Like it keeps fade out, fade in, fade out, fade in. That's not a jump cut, but it's like stop, stop, hold on a scene, stop doing that. Yeah, they they really did not want to hold on a scene. So what now that we're finished with. Our intro scene, and we've got our title card. Uh, we have what is ostensibly just kind of like the the setup phase for the rest of the movie, because this movie is structured in kind of a, a way of like intro scene, bunch of like intrigue and politics, and then the tail end of it is a huge battle scene. So now we're in the part where right, we're setting up all the stuff. I forgot the last third of the movie was just fighting, 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 fighting. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of weird. So, at this point, we are introduced to the Kingsglaive that we're going to be meeting throughout this movie. Uh, as we said, there's Nyx, Libertus, uh, there's Crow, there's... Yeah, that's about it. I can't... The others don't have names. They're not important. None of them have names. None of them are important other than to just stand there and be duplicious assholes. There, there was ominous guy who was probably a rival at some point. Um, there was Captain, who, I don't know if he has a name, but he does have a role later on in the, in the movie. Oh, right. Uh, That's right. He does do something. Yes, he Uh, does. Captain But we won't spoil that until we get to it. Um. That's right. Yes. So, so the battle happens. And now, we're getting into what, at least personally for me, I found the most interesting part of Kingsglaive, and it's... The whole backstory and setup for the Niflheim uh, Insomnia Peace Treaty and the actual events that went down there and, like, how everything kind of fit together. Um, like, I, I think, I don't know about you guys, but to me, that was the most interesting part because that that was the backstory of, the mo- of, like, the game that I really wanted them to go over, but they didn't. They went over some of it. You do get some explanations. I do remember you exclaiming, like, oh, that's why that is. That explains a lot about that character. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where they're talk where they're showing uh King Regis and Young Noctis meeting uh Luna and her brother 
uh, Ravis, and they are, and this big event goes down, and it shows the invasion of Tenebrae, which, to my knowledge, unless I miss this, the game just decides, eh, we'll let you figure out why that happened. But because this went down, it made way more sense for some of these characters' motivations in the game. You know, I gotta say, even in the movie, though, they they didn't really explain... Like, I didn't make the connection that the guy screaming was... Uh, I guess his name is Regis? Until... Revis. Uh, I want to call him Regis, but... That's the, that's Noctis' dad. Think of, like, a Reaver. That guy. Like, I didn't make the connection that he was the brother until way later in the movie when he showed up. And that probably would have been very useful to know. Uh, but so would a lot of things. For example, Luna's yeah. relevance to the world. Because... Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So, the the movie decide you know, is, is showing up the, the terms of the treaty, which is... Uh, you know, King Regis, give up this war, and we, and become part of the Niflheim Empire, uh, in addition to giving you peace and stopping this war, we'll also let, uh, you know, Noctis and Luna get married, since they were two lovers that have kind of been, like, parted, yeah. uh, that have been separated by this war. At no point at all did they ever bring up the fact that Luna is the Oracle, which is the big conduit of the gods, and, uh... That seems like a more important thing to lead with than, yeah. hey, look, is the princess of this rando cat, like, kingdom. Oh, right. So, there's also um, two other things to note is the, uh, two, two other things to note about that particular scene um, is, one is the, like, council, what is he called? He's called the, uh, the prime the minister. The chancellor? The chancellor, yeah. Um, the, the, the fucking chancellor looks so deeply like a Final Fantasy villain and he looks so crazily dressed that I initially just, I looked at him and went like, "What person thinks you're a proper authority? You look like <laughs> you look like Johnny Depp had a bad clothes day." Drew, you said something about Arden that like I thought really funny, but I can't remember what it was. Which one was Arden? Which one? He's the guy with the hat and the weird wing thing. There was it was something. You oh, okay? That's what it is. You looked at me and said, "Adam, that guy looks important. Is he important?" <laughs> no, yeah, no. He he's really like his design is as such. Where I know that guy has a name. This guy has a name and a backstory and a important role. And he has shown up for thirty seconds, and then he is gone for the rest of the movie. And and it kind of sucks because well, like, like one they, they set scene. him up really cool, and then he's just gone. And it's like, well. Well, okay. You're—I guess you're part of the the important plot, and we're just gonna sit here and look at the other thing for a while, which is exactly what like, you want in a movie. He does have a pretty big entrance. Like he kind of just barges into the king's th- throne room and says, "Ah, oh, I'm out in something or other. Uh, peace treaty time." And it's like, he's wow, the most, that guy like, looks mysterious. Oh, he's gone. Like I, yeah. I don't know. He, he's like the most yeah. flamboyant. Like he's so theatrical it's like there's no way this dude doesn't have something else going on like i think zach said it best like why would you trust this dude i wouldn't i wouldn't trust a man who walks in with like a Mm. wing on his arm maybe it's metal leather we don't know (laughs) he was a bizarre man figure out so so the other thing i want to mention about that scene is the the like he delivered and you guys made special mention of this like he he delivered the line and then noctis and luna will get married in such a way that both me and tall and, and drew here uh misconstrued it as like a threat <laughs> i i as thought like... it was a threat i thought he was like we'll do all of this 
but you must be wed. Like, they were forcing the kingdoms to merge. And then it yeah. turned yeah. out that, no, that's, like, the entire, like, they want that. So I didn't know why he was yeah. so threateningly. It was, it was very surreal. It was very strange. Again, one of the problems, uh, God, and I feel this is a problem with 15 in general, is that every once in a while there's just these scenes that are, like, uh, again, we're, we're talking mostly on the movie on its own, uh, on its own merits. So on its own merits, it suffers the same thing as the game, where it doesn't really give a whole lot of background to these things. So, no, like, this is the first time we had to stop the movie and I explain, no, no, Luna and Noctis and the king want the marriage. That's not a threat. That's not like a, you get peace or I swear to God, we will marry these two. Like, oh no. This is like when you're, it feels like, it felt a bit like, like when you're watching a movie and you have to, like, like come up with some sort of insane headcanon to like make sense of why people are acting the way they are. I mean, with the, the problem with the exception <laughs> that there is an actual backstory. There's actual exactly for all of this. It's like I don't need the headcanon. Just give me the actual canon. But this is but that's that scene. The majority of the movie up till the big climactic showdown part is uh, Nick's kind of interacting with the rest of the Kingsglaive. Where we, we learn all of their backstory and that they are apparently outsiders from the kingdom who have been, who the king has taken in. Uh, but people hate them, so I guess there is racism in this movie now. How is Nick's a fucking hero in this environment? That's what I don't get. Like, he did do something heroic. He went back and saved his friend. It's just that's not but what... It, but again, everybody says, like, oh, good job, hero. It's like, okay, maybe they're just... You know what it might be? Maybe they're saying it like the, oh, this guy's just showing off to get the king's favor. Maybe, but, like, where was that ever shown? Like, he saved a dude and that gets him the king's favor? Uh, and apparently not. There's a scene later in the movie where Nyx barges into the king's throne room and the king doesn't seem that to be that thrilled to see him. It's not like, oh, my, my great counsel, like, a great advisor, what have you to tell with me? It's like, who the hell is this? Yeah, no, I'm... I'm... I'm with Adam on that one. Like, he just burst into the fucking throne room and was like, yo, king, we need to do something. And the king's like, why are you disturbing me, sir? So, the king so the king and everybody has a secret mission for the king's glaive. One of the members, Crow, is going to go to Tenebrae and escort Luna to uh, the kingdom for the marriage while, while the empire shows up. To, like, and, the third party area, I think. Yeah, yeah and it's... unfortunately, guys... This is where we have our first tragedy of the movie. Well, wait, wait a second. We need to show the scene before the tragedy, and then how the tragedy is revealed. Because oh uh, no, I know, I'm I'm getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Crow is sent on a secret mission to go to go escort her, and that that's revealed. But at the time, it's like, ooh, shh, sh- don't tell anybody. And she's given a hairpin, and at the time, it it made no sense, but it actually turned out to be a kind of cool Chekhov's gun. So, Crow is sent there, and she's at the rendezvous point. And she's waiting at the gas station. They like because they drop they, her. Okay, they drop her out of a van, and now she's on a motorcycle. And then she's like, sit, just sort of chilling there at a gas station. I don't know what she's doing. And then a like a dark, very malicious-looking van, and it looks like just a normal van, but it's set up to make it look super malicious. Just like turns the corner and starts driving towards her, and then the scene changes, and you're like, what? Huh? The thing with that scene is that the music is like super ominous. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no. And I remember, like, all three of us kind of looked at each other, like, "Is this scene gonna end soon?" <laughs> like, um, like it. 
so it's just like so ominous music starts playing the van turns and starts driving um mm. and it starts driving towards the starts driving in her direction and then the scene just cuts out and you're like wait but what happened <laughs> yeah uh god okay so that so then we find out later and i remember there's some exposition there's some more talk about oh you're betraying our our group nicks if you're oh that that's the other thing there's this big divide in the kingdom right now over whether the king should accept the treaty or not and there's now two groups there's nicks is in the group of hey we should accept the treaty because that's what the king wants and there's another group that says hey we should reject the treaty because the king is weak and we need to keep fighting uh that that whole scene gets set up but tragedy strikes when we find out a body's been found we need to go identify it oh no it's crow although it was dead they, they tried to hint to us that it was crow when they had dudes find the body it's just that they only had her hand sticking up and like and it's not like she it's not like she had us, any yeah huh? it's not like she had anything particular on her arm so all three of us were sitting there like going like who is this <laughs> who yeah. died it was very strange. Yeah, it was bizarre. And then, like, and then, and then, they get news that Crow's injured. And then, at that point, we all realize, oh, Crow's the one who died. Yeah. Oh man. And then, what is it like? Nix gets the hairpin back. Well, he gets the hairpin back, and then, uh, well, then we find out that the Empire brought Luna here, and they weren't supposed to. They were supposed to drop her off of this place. And they brought her as a bargaining chip of, oh, look, now she's in the ca- the capital. You can't do anything to us now because she's here kind of thing. Yeah. And that's actually something really interesting about this movie. And I have to give it props. Uh, there is a lot of intrigue and political, like, <laughs> what would you call it? Courtroom? It uh, is. Like, there is a like, lot of, of, like. No, not courtroom. Not like quite. Uh, it's like jockeying around and, like, each playing around each other in a political scheme. Like, their scheme against each other the entire movie, it's just, they do a, such a poor job of showing us, like, what yeah, exactly yeah. they're scheming over or why it's important. Like, what's that term? It's like, it's like, uh, when, when they're scheming at the, poli- uh, at the palace, something, uh, Palace scheming? I don't know. There was a word for it, but I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting, but, like, boy, does it, like, occasionally not explain it that well. Yeah, it, it, like... No, it's not even that they don't explain the politics of it that well. The politics gets shown pretty clearly, but the stakes never get fucking shown, or yeah. the importance of things never get shown. So you're like, why is this important? Why is that important? Who's this? The entire movie. Yeah. Well, to, to zoom ahead a little bit, um, so we find so there's this whole ball room, uh, or there's this party, this festival thing for the signing. Uh, Nick's Nix gives Luna, yeah. Luna gives, uh, sorry, Nix gives Luna the hairpin, which turns out later to be super important, and we we have this whole mission thing, uh, there's a cool general guy who shows up who, boy, does he not seem pretty ineffectual. Yeah, he just sort of, like, he says threatening things to Luna, and then that's all you get. And then we cut to the big day, the big day of the, uh, the signing, the signing yeah. event. And on that day, we find out, so the two kings are meeting, but then we find out that Luna isn't with the uh, Niflheim Emperor. She's somewhere else. And it turns out that hairpin was a tracking device that they were going to use to make sure they knew where she was. And we find out, oh no, Luna's been kidnapped and is on board six warships. And now we're going to go save her. So so the the Kingsglaive goes and saves her. 
that's a double trap because now the Kingslave is away from the palace and then the Niffel, uh, the Niffelheim Empire attacks and the whole signing ceremony is a complete debacle. Right. So, Be- and then even, and then on the ships, the Kingslave betray the other Kingslave. There's yeah, betrayers, yeah. if you don't remember. There's that whole group of people who are for the tra- treaty and against the treaty and the people who are against the treaty, but like start being treasonous and then start killing other Kingsglaive. And then you find out that they work for the Empire. It gets real weird. Um, yeah, there's a lot of... Which, I remember way, that way, scene... Just, just thinking about the, pal- the, the the intrigue of that all, why didn't... Like, if there were betrayers in the Kingsglaive, why did they even need to bait them out? Like, what was I the think point? it was, like, to make... Well, so they were trying to bait the Kingsglaive out to take them all... To kill them, one, like, one by one or something? I don't know. They don't seemed know. pretty... Like, why didn't they just... They could just, like, stand in back, and then when the betrayal happens, they just... Because it looked cool, Zach! It looked cool! <laughs> it was just weird. It was just a weird thing that, that happened. Um, But anyways, Nick saves Luna, and is seemingly the last Kingsglaive alive. Yeah. So, and then back at the palace, we have, uh, you know, the big... The, this is the iconic scene, and I remember Drew said something... Uh, a kind of like, hey, this is that scene from all the trailers and whatnot. It, it is, it's the big iconic scene from the trailers where the two empires are, you know, kind of facing each other down. They're pointing their guns at each other. I didn't even see the trailer, so I was just looking at the scene going like, why are they just standing there? Yeah, and what ends up happening, uh, and this is the, this really iconic scene from every trailer, and I'm shocked it wasn't in the game, or if it was, it was very quick. Um... And this is where the like the big showdown happens, and they're fighting. Um, the king gets to be cool. Everybody gets to be cool and dies. And the part that I said oh to that, that Drew mentioned before was, at some point, Ravis shows up and he steals the the king's ring and tries to put it on, and his arm just is engulfed in flame at because he's not worthy of the ring, which explains why the fuck he has a robotic arm in the game, and the game never decided to explain that. Oh, I didn't even know he had a robotic arm in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ravis has this, like, gauntleted arm that you find out is robotic uh, only because I think in the game somebody, like, passed... Like, it's not even brought up. It's just kind of, hey, did anybody else see Ravis's m- mechanical arm? What what a weird thing, isn't it? And it's like, oh, no, it's because he burned his arm off. Yeah. So, I gotta admit, after this point... So, the, the treaty has happened... They're going back, and now they're getting... Uh, Nyx and Luna make it back to the palace. Wait, wait. Huh? We need... I do not fear death. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so... <laughs> Luna and Nyx are on a ship. And they're flying through the capital. And at some point, Nyx says, We're gonna crash! And Luna says, I do not fear death. And Nyx just <laughs> looks her dead in the eye. Goes... Are you... Uh, no, what was it? It was like, oh, knock it off. Yeah, yeah, he was just like, knock it off. Like, we're gonna fucking crash, lady. And, and I remember... Uh, I remember Drew stopped and said, man, she's really pissing me off. And that's when... That was our second big pause of the evening of, no, no, guys. She's the Oracle. Nothing's gonna happen to her because the gods can't let her die until her, like, her job is complete kind of deal. It's yeah. kind of like... I'm protected by divine intervention. Yeah, this, like, didn't come up at all. So, like I said, she has this divine intervention stuff, 
And they make it back to the palace. They meet up with the king and they are running away. And they are essentially... I think, Zach, I think you might agree with me. For the rest of the movie, it is basically one long it's chase much, scene. Yeah, it's it's just an escape scene. It's just they they escape. That's every scene from there to the end of the movie. Yeah. The the one big interesting scene that happens is you... Well, there's a couple. There's you find out the the captain guy, uh, the big armored general Glauca whoa, wait, guy... Wait, wait, wait. Let's take this one chronologically. One, the king dies. Two... Yep, the, the king does die. Two, we find out um, uh, Nix's powers is is tied to the king, and this is how we found out about this in the movie, despite the fact that we all three of us knew about it well before that point because Adam told. Yeah, us. that was. I I think they must. I think they mentioned it. Yeah, they, they did. They, mention they, mu- that, they like, mentioned that all of these pa- all of their powers come from the king. They never quite explained what would happen if the king died. Yeah, so I I feel like this is the reveal to the audience that like, oh, Nix doesn't have his powers anymore. Well, he's fucked. Yeah, and so once that ha- they get chased for a bit. They're trying to get Luna is trying to get the ring out of the city, uh, and Nix is trying to get her out of the out of the city. Right, the ring. We, fi- we did not explain the ring. Um, oh, well, the thing is, the ring's <laughs> kind of a, a game spoiler thing. Uh, yeah. So basically, the ring is really important. The king has it. Um, yeah. And then the king dies, but he gives it to Luna before before he goes out the window. Yeah. Um, to, to put it simply, and I guess we kind of have to talk about it if we're going to talk about the movie. Uh, the ring is a symbol of the king's power, and only people who are worthy of a king's power can wear it. That's why Ravis's arm blew up, like burnt up, and that's why that random soldier uh, completely died. Yeah, yeah, some random soldier got completely wasted. Uh, at some point, we find out in this chase scene that the captain of the king's glaive is actually General Glauca, who is a Niflheim general. Although I do have to say, I I had a, an entire other idea i thought general glauca was just disguised as the captain because it made no goddamn sense for them to be the same person yeah i liked your theory a lot actually (laughs) um (laughs) well i mean like the way it happens in the film though is kind of why i thought that like i don't know did you guys i i dropped for a long time but like there was there was a car that hits the general in the face and then it just kind of lifts up and there's this dude in beautiful devil may cry for armor and no okay <laughs> no it's not even that he gets hit so much as he oh right 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 so he shows up and you're like oh the captain's back and yeah, then good guy good uh, guy libertus libertus who had a whole fucking subplot about betraying everybody and then he's coming back to save the day and he's he's you know drives in to sort of save nicks from from he starts driving straight with the captain and then the captain like his image changes form to the general's outfit as he gets slammed by the car. So I thought, like, oh, the general had disguised himself as the captain, and right? The, well, the thing is, no, there's that's no, not the case. He was. There's the no blood. There's no shrapnel. There's no sign of any collision. Just the car gets <laughs> flipped, and there is this dude in pristine bad guy armor, uh, well, and, and the old captain remember... is nowhere to be seen. He could have gone through a trap door for all we knew. Yeah, I think this is the one part in the movie where at least I had to stop me like, what the hell just happened? Because the one part it happens so fast. I don't. I thought General Glauca must have shown up from somewhere else. I was like, where did he come from? I was like, nope, that's just him. No, and I don't. I get, that's why I like Zach's glamour theory. It works. It works better for that particular scene. <laughs> it works better for yeah. that scene. 
Yeah, I... Uh, I don't know. We had, like, zero indications that Captain was going to betray everybody, but turns out he did. (laughs) Yeah. And so so now the the kingdom is under fire, and the Emperor Niflheim once again says, Uh, release the demons. And (laughs) a bunch of diamond weapons show up. (laughs) And Nyx now says, I need... I need the king's power to save Luna and get her out of the city. And so he he puts the ring on, and the kings find him. He's like, "Use a punk. You ain't no king. We're gonna burn the shit out of you." <laughs> but then King Regis himself, the king, says, "No, no, this guy's cool." So the other king's like, "I, I, you get one day. You or, get sorry. one evening. He yeah, you get one arrives. evening. But we're gonna burn the shit out of you." Um. And so he gets all of these crazy powers. He actually becomes, like, crazy superpowered. It was a little jarring yeah. to see somebody become this powerful that quick. Yeah, like an otherwise normal dude suddenly picking up Super Saiyan. It was weird. I was just going to say, he went Super Saiyan by stealing the ring. And, yeah, that's one thing I didn't get is, like, Luna, like, would probably be fine if she used the power. Because she's, like, important for plot reasons. But he just kind of, like, rips it out and says, no, I have to be a martyr today. And, like, goes through this whole, well, like, the other thing. thing. Well, the other thing is that Nyx was midway to being dead when he put the ring on. Yeah, like, I, he was dying in that moment. I, I know. I, so he I thought, guess, like, well, yeah. I'm going to die anyways. I might as well try the ring before you give it a shot. I do like Drew's idea, though, of, hey, Luna, you're basic. You're cool with the gods, right? Take this and see how it goes. <laughs> well, I mean, because, like, she, she's had premonitions of, oh, oh, but that's another thing. Like... You explained to me that she was the Oracle midway through the film. And so a lot of her Mm -hmm. bullshit was, like, dumb, but I was cool with it. If I had no context, then she actually becomes, like, way weirder for that film. Because there are a lot of moments where she's just like, oh, like, I don't fear death whatsoever. Like, again, (laughs) this... And you're like, yo, Luna, why? Why do you not fear death? That's, That's not normal. That's not normal human thing. Yeah, that's, again, that's my problem with this movie, is that some of the, again, even when it's trying to give backstory, it, like, doesn't give a whole thing. And, yeah, just on its own, Luna seems like a fucking nut job. <laughs> she she, she kind of does, like, did she you go over- She just, like, she fucking just jumped out the fucking crashing speeder onto a ledge, and Nick gets a second exasperated sigh of, like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I'm trying to make sure you don't die, lady. And in his plan of making sure she doesn't die, now that Nyx has the ring, we spend the next, I gotta say, 15 minutes of a drag-out brawl between Glauca and Nyx ra- rampaging through the city. Uh, we have diamond weapons going off. Uh, these giant, like, we king have- statues show up. And, yeah. like, it's weird because you can tell... Like, you would think that the big fight would be Glauca and uh, Nyx and Nyx. their duel. But you almost can't see them in any of the yeah. scenes because the two giants are fighting and you, like, it's too zoomed out. Yeah, that, that was one of the big complaints I had is that I feel like they wanted the excuse to have these giant statues fighting diamond weapons. But, like, they really, they could have sold these scenes on Nick picks up the powers of the kings or whatever. It doesn't, it's not very well explained. Um, yeah. And and then he just has like a one on one fucking brawl, and we spend the next five to ten minutes on them just beating the shit out of each other, while you have Luna and Libertus who just showed up, like scootering away in their van. 
Oh, by the way, <laughs> one subplot we haven't mentioned. Zach mentioned Libertus's uh, treason plot. Yeah. We didn't talk about his crippling drug addiction. <laughs> Which doesn't <laughs> really like get twice. resolved either. <laughs> Like they, no, it doesn't. They, sh- they show that he he he's taken drugs. Does he ever like throw them away or like give them up? Or... He does. Th- there's a scene where he's about to pop more, and he just throws the bottle away as he goes to save Luna. But it was also like, wh- why was this a thing you needed to have? Yeah, I don't understand his drug addiction plot. Um, but basically, now that we're in that scene, uh, the big brawl happens. Uh. And it all kind of resolves the, the two fight, and they at the very end, you finally hear Glauca's ideals ideas of why he's doing this. Of you know, the king was weak, and like he's giving like he's giving up our our homes to save himself, and I couldn't accept that, so I decided to side with power or something like that. Yeah, and, and Nick says, like, the thing is, like I think even Nick's fucking like just told him like. Why the fuck did you trust the Empire with your shit? Nyx is pretty much just, like, I, the I voice a... of reason. Like, he, he has a lot of very, like... He calls out more plot bullshit than I think anyone else in the movie does. I, I like oh, him dude. for that alone. Um, yeah, I liked him for that as well. Like, he, he does he, call like, every, There was multiple times where he like, That's stupid! And Nyx is like, That's stupid! And like, You tell him, Nyx! That's the only thing I really like about you, you unrememberable character, you. Yeah, so I, I just wish they had, had made him more like Bruce Willis and Die Hard and had him just been, like, a regular Kingsglaive officer. Like, yeah. sort of a like, hero. I, yeah, not like, not like hero. And I'm like, what, why are you fucking calling him that? Like, if he was just, like, a random dude and, like, oh, he's just part of the Kingsglaive and they didn't even have the initial battle scene. So you're like, yeah. I don't even know if this Nick's dude can even fight. But, alright, he goes in and has to do all this different stuff and he's yeah. like, oh, whatever, this is just his assignment. Like, that would have worked a hell of a lot better for him as a character, because, again, he spent so much of the movie just going, like, what is this bullshit? (laughs) I I will say, from the beginning, he struck me as a character who was going to die dramatically in the end. Like, he he had the mark of a, you are unimportant enough to just kind of, like, die heroically in some manner. Yeah. Since we're now at the the end of the movie, uh, well, just to wrap up the movie, is that... Nyx and Glauca die. Yeah. It ends with Libertus staying in the city, but leave, but letting Lunafreya escape, and she's mingling with the crowd, and that's kind of how she gets out. She's still dressed uh, like a princess, too, by the way, and everybody else is there is dressed like a peasant, and I'm like, how has no one noticed this woman? And we, we zoom out, and Kingsglaive is done. Uh, the actual super last scene of the, of the, uh, of the movie, actually, I, I really liked, is that it's... It's actually Noctis and the gang driving in the car, and they're like, hey, man, I can't wait to meet all these people. I can't wait for the great times we're about to have. Sure love knowing that everybody, that everything's going to be all right, and the car breaks down. And that's actually the opening scene of FF15. Like, it fits, it just slips perfectly in there. Yeah, like, all this insane bullshit happens, and then, oh, we cut to these four bozos. And that, my friends, is Final Fantasy XV Kingsglaive. Yeah, yeah. I, I do want to say, I do want to say, like, one thing that I kind of expected, uh, like, I wanted this to be a true thing is that it's like, these Kingsglaive guys seem like big, important, like, big time hero dudes. And Adam, apparently they never get mentioned in game. Yeah. Like, uh, not even Libertus, who's technically still alive. Uh, sorry, Dre, I cut you off right there. What were you going to say? 
Oh, uh, I was just gonna say, like, you were you were going pretty hard on that final scene, which I did like a lot. Uh, it was also tonally completely different from the entire movie. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that ending it, scene it, was like it was like very happy and fluffy, and these guys on a quest just palling around after this like weird slog of a strangely serious movie with dragons and politics and death. Like it. It didn't mesh well at all for me. No. They also... It, it, wait. Th- I mean, this is also the movie with the giant octopus monster, and I forget the name of it. Oh, the... the oh, okay. the Mar- Marlboro... No, that's not the Marlboro. It's, yeah, it's it was Marlboro. something else. I, I just know uh, that but showed you know what, out of nowhere answer, as well. two things. Drew, I agree. Mm. I really was happy to see that scene. Boy, did it feel out of place. Mm. Yeah. Like... And to, and to Zach... Yes. Um, as kind of a... Like I said, we're only going to be talking about the the movie, but almost all of the main characters do die in this movie because they don't show up in the game. Yeah. Not yeah. even kind of mentioned to my knowledge. Oh, so dude. it's like they were just... Like Drew said, you kind of just say like, that guy's going to die. Actually, I really like this. Uh, both Drew and Zach throughout the movie were like, oh, I wonder if these people are going to live. You know, kind like, of playing the... Yeah, no. I wonder. I'd... And I get to sit there going like, I don't recognize any of these characters. They must all die in this movie. Yeah, so, like, I, I got to the beginning of the movie and I kept thinking, like, okay, either these characters are, like, side plot NPCs, like, they come up in side plots in the game, or they're all gonna die. There's there's no two ways about this. Um, and I guess I guess the second one ended up being true, except for Libertus, who's not technically dead. He's Although DLC. He just stayed behind We're gonna in have the episode city. Libertus at some point. It's oh, jeez. All about his crippling drug addiction. And it's going to be oh him joining the boys on one final mission in his life as he reconciles with the death of his friend. And so, like, that particular aspect just cemented to me the fact that, like, they did not make this movie in conjunction with the creation of the game very well. No, I don't because think they did. if there was any oh, no, sort of, like, no. better sense of communication between those two teams, they they would have put in characters from one or the other. To, to, to provide a stronger link rather than just like yeah. Yeah, my, my thoughts, a couple of things. My thoughts are as this. like The movie itself, given what I know about Final Fantasy XV and it's like hellish development time and all the crazy rewrites and re-releases and remixes that had to be done. Uh, I think at some point we established this is probably made from bits and pieces of unused cutscene footage brought together. And right, if right. someone was like to take, if, if you were to take someone aside and say, hey, we need you to make something out of this, that is your assignment. Not to make a good film based off the Final Fantasy universe, but to like graft all of these different scenes together and like make them somehow profitable. I would say they did an adequate job. Like if I would say they did, they did the best with what was given. And it was yeah. very pretty the whole way through. And I I did laugh a couple times, and there were some very strange moments. It's just... It, honestly, it seems like with the cutscenes they clearly had in the pocket, mm-hmm. like, they should have just made a political drama. It, like, yeah. Like, I would have been like, yo, yo, team making this movie, don't do fucking act... Don't do a whole bunch of action scenes, or at least not till the end. Just make it a political drama. Because that's the scenes you got. I think we had said, and we talked for quite a length about about the movie after it, is that, um, it, how, do, how do I put this? Because we have actually kind of said, said the same stuff, so just to kind of say it again, is that the movie on its own was fine, but in the greater context of Final Fantasy XV, the, the game 
and this movie, uh, when we did our episode about supplemental content, I wondered, you know, why they would leave so much important stuff out of the main game. And uh, I remember thinking, having now watched this movie, I can actually kind of see why they might have. Because when I finished Final Fantasy XV, as I, I said on an earlier episode, when I beat the game, it became very clear that this is a this is a game strictly about Noctis and his friends going on this journey and them growing. Mm-hmm. And in order to appreciate that story, you really don't need all of the political drama that's going on. But the problem is by ha- like you don't need it because it takes the focus away. But not having it in any like kind of makes character motivations a little weird. So I think the theory I heard and I th- what I remember hearing and kind of what seems really apparent after watching the movie is a lot of the scenes where it's like a political drama in Kingsglaive, I think those were actually at one point the introductory cutscene to the game that were done. And it, I think if you were to put them all together, it's like an hour's worth of cutscene. I think at some point they lopped that off, had all of this left over and said, okay, let's make new characters and stitch a story together to make this movie you don't really need it to enjoy a 15 you don't need it for 15 but like but that's that's what i, I mean it, though, it was that, weird like, like it was they so had a weird. bunch of political drama and i'm like okay so double down on the political drama don't go shoving a bunch of action scenes in there well i mean to be yeah. fair we don't know what they had and what they didn't have to work with like uh, of I'm course yeah fairly yeah. certain that that entire intro sequence with uh what is it noctis he's in a wheelchair um i like i feel like a lot of it was like the first intro sequence not the first battle but before that yeah like the the part you don't remember yeah (laughs) i feel like that was probably something that got rendered early on and then was like we'll just we'll we'll throw this in at some point Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying though is that like a lot of the scenes that were pretty clearly cut scenes from like cut scenes pulled from the game were like the political drama scenes about the king or Luna, or Noctis, or the fucking Empire yeah. versus versus Kingdom thing going on. Like all like it's in Niflheim versus Insomnia stuff. Like all of that was the scenes I know they had already. It's clear they would have had those already. And that's the other thing is there's a lot of scenes in Kingsglaive that showed up in like early trailers, even for fifteen. Oh, not yeah. not even when it was versus thirteen. Yeah. And, and that's just what kind of makes me think they must have decided at some point we want to really focus on the journey, but what do we do with this? Because people will want to know kind of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as just kind of a final thought after watching this, and I was thinking about this more, I am glad I saw it because now I have more context for some of these events that happened. Uh, like I said, there are character motivations in the games that make more sense now. Um, I still wish they would have taken those cuts instead of making a movie, like kind of found a way to mesh them into the game proper. But this wasn't the worst way to do it, and it was actually pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Albeit, you still needed some background on some point. Yeah, like, there, there were some things they really needed to explain in the movie. I, I understand it was a movie that was made for people who already played Final Fantasy XV, or they're already, like, usually, like, caught up with some of the lore. But they really needed to explain some stuff. So that way someone like me or Drew can sit down and watch and enjoy the movie without having to pause it and turn to someone like Adam to explain it to us. <laughs> I, w- I would say yeah, it's a it... hard movie to recommend, but I had a lot of fun with it. Like, yeah. it, when yeah. you think about it, I'm someone who hasn't played any Final Fantasy XV, but with the help of my bros who have, I can enjoy it as well. 
like I don't I think like structure I think structurally as a film definitely some flaws some things that could be ironed out again I chalk that up more to the development cycle than anything else Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was it was fun it was weird it was at times very pretty okay if if Final Fantasy 15 wasn't propping this movie up I would have been like it's a meh kind of film it doesn't explain things very well it's a little hard to follow it's just sort of like dumb action and then some like sometimes clever politics stuff which mm-hmm. all right makes a decent summer blockbuster maybe like an okayish movie but like like and, and then with final fantasy 15 propping it up it's like oh okay so that makes sense and that makes sense it gets bumped from, from a meh to a all right it's pretty good it's yeah pretty good. I, I think like drew exactly said my cinema i can't recommend it as a movie alone but if you want to like really get into like some of the background of ff15 uh, this really does help. I I think, I guess the way I would look at it as it's a blatant marketing tool that was executed much better than it should have been. And that's me putting a positive spin on it. But yeah. I, I did have fun. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I said, I think the positive spin is, I think we all walked away from it saying like, that was pretty fun. Maybe yeah. not. Um, I so we've been talking that we... ending scene to just be, just, just a fight between Nix and and that general i know know. like that would have been way better than all that fucking like statue nonsense yeah so we've been recording for a while uh any final final thoughts on final fantasy 15 kingsglaive um Uh, it turns out nix's last name is ulrich indeed you got that uh, one right oh yeah uh i i want to give a special shout out to whatever the fuck was on king regis's head (laughs) That weird ornament thing he had going on, and whatever the fuck was going on with uh, with Nix's hood mask thing. Oh, the little the little oh, spike, God. the little spike, but it's not a spike happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. weird. Um, they all had like weird accessories. Even the uh, did you mention the what's that dude's name with the weird fucking arm cape? Oh, Arden. Arden's weird. <laughs> Uh, hey guys, if you guys weren't noticing, Arden had a we had a wing thing. It was one wing. Alright, this is the big question though. What? After watching this, how many of you guys are gonna go watch Advent Children again? You know, I wanna watch I wanna watch Advent Children complete. I already saw the original Advent Children. Oh, there's a complete version? Yes, there's there's a version where they took the original film. Zach, let me explain to you. There's the original Advent Children, and then they released it, and the general reaction was that was really uh, that was pretty, but it didn't make any sense. Yeah, no, that's the version I watched. They went in, they made a, <laughs> they made like some extra scenes to kind of stitch it together, uh, possibly similar to the way they did with this film, uh, and then they released the complete Advent Children. So. Oh I am all for checking that out at some point because all right, uh, that's all right. Put it on the list. <laughs> all right, the list so grows. I, I think we're pretty much. Do we do we need a? Uh, how do we how do we sign this off? How we do we sign one of these minis of off? Yeah, I don't know how to sign. We up always need a lesson of the day. Oh, Zach, can you right. give us a lesson of the day from from Kingsclave? Hey there, everybody. It's time now for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is: when you're a conduit of the gods, you have no need to fear death. And when the battle's getting boring, always remember just to release the demons. And that's release the demons. Day, release everybody. the demons. Release the demons to you too, Zach. <laughs>
Release the demons one and all. Let all them right, out. All right, listener. Thanks for listening to us talk about Final Fantasy 15. Oh, wait, uh, wait. Last fucking thing I want to say about this movie. What? All of the Empire soldiers are robots, and they never tell us that. No, never. Release the demons, I say. Release the demons. Thank you for listening. Goodbye, everyone. Have a lovely night. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.